Hello and welcome to the Juan Juan Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, consider signing up for the Patreon. There you get ad-free content, early access, exclusive episodes, and monthly supporter hangouts. You can find it at patreon.com slash the Juan on Juan podcast. If you don't like the subscription-based models, there are other ways of supporting the show that are linked in the description. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy this episode. They said it was forbidden. They said it was dangerous. They were right. Introducing the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual. Dive into the arcane, into the hidden corners of the occult. This isn't just a comic. It's a hidden tome of supernatural power. All original artwork illustrating the groundbreaking research of Juan Ayala, one of the only living homunculologists of our time. Learn how to summon your own homunculus, an enigma wrapped in the fabric of reality itself, their power at your fingertips, their existence, your secret. Explore the mysteries of the Aristotelian, the spiritual, the Paracelsian, the Crowleyan homunculus, ancient knowledge lost to time, now unearthed in this forbidden tale. This comic book holds truths not meant for the light of day, knowledge that was buried, feared, and shunned. Are you ready to uncover the hidden, the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual, not for the faint of heart? Available now from Paranoid American. Get your copy at tjojp.com or paranoidamerican.com today. Welcome to the One on One Podcast with your host. Juan Ayala. serious power right there because when cars are driving over a road there are certain roads if you've seen that that are built differently they use segmented concrete and so the they're transducing the waves of all the cars going over them if you imagine the each tire there's four tires per car and they're always going over going over that's a current of electricity and so even if they're not say storing it in a battery bank or putting it in a grid, each one of those monuments at the tip of each one of those triangles, especially I bet you they'll do a circuit where they'll do it where they actually, well, it's just like when we have to lay the steel on the dome, you actually have to do it in order. So they would drive from like the Capitol building down to the left and then up and to the right, and then from the right over to the left, and the left down to the right, and then the right back to the center. And if they did it that energetic pattern like that and had caravans doing that, that would charge the sigil that is Washington, D.C. Welcome back to another episode of the Juan on Juan Podcast. Your host, as always, make sure to follow the show on social media at the Juan on Juan Podcast. Website is tjojp.com, patreon.com slash 
the Juan Juan Podcast, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, all that stuff. You know where to find it. Links are in the description. And today we have Topher with us. Very interesting individual. I've seen him on Emily Moyer's show. Shout out to Emily. Emily is a friend of the show. We love her. And welcome to the first time, bro. Welcome to the Juan on Juan experience. How you doing? I'm glad to connect with another Florida boy. Yeah, Florida men. Yeah. We're strong. We're going strong. Yeah, we are. So what's up, dude? How, how you been? I know we've been talking back and forth. Things have come up. We, we had to reschedule a couple of times just because that's usually how life is. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about you, Topher, and like what you do? Because I know you have some interesting concepts, and that's what I'm all about. Interesting people, interesting conversation, and we're here for it. Can you tell the listeners, my people, where they can find you first, and then a little bit about yourself and what got you into this esoteric realm of things, if you will? Sure. Um, I You can find all of my work at topherhq.com. Um, I also have the Bio Charisma podcast, and I'm Bio Charisma on um, Instagram. So I think I have like 700 videos on Instagram. And Instagram is more of like where I post all of my uh, weird inventions and hybridization of building projects. Like people tend to like that, and it keeps it clean on Instagram. Um, I don't really populate YouTube. I have a YouTube account, but I, I got kicked off of it way back in the day when I had my original podcast in 2015 and 2016. But um, yeah, I've, I'm essentially right now I'm a builder, but the best way I like to describe myself is I, I work a lot with my hands, both in sculpting houses and sculpting people. I've, uh, I was trained professionally in body work and deep tissue myofascial release. And I've, that's been my longest held profession. And then I was trained in polarity therapy. So those two modalities I still do to this day. So I guess I've been doing that professionally now for 24 years. And, uh, when I moved to Central America, I learned a system of building domes called super Adobe. And I uh, got trained in that. And then a lot of other people wanted me to build for them. <laughs> so I ended up building for other people. And that's also what I do. So in in today's, like, I would say the majority of my time goes to site surveying for people, designing homes that usually have a lot of curves. Um, as you can see on the site, pretty much everything I build has a lot of uh, either convex curves domes i I build a lot of round homes and uh, i do a ton of design work for people that that like to build off grid so that's been sort of my um my mo the last 10 years and when you said that you were that you were taught were you initiated so far because like is there some secret knowledge that (laughs) some esoteric hidden knowledge when it comes to this Initiated in what? In the arts of of the 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 curvy homes, I guess. <laughs> the dome. Uh, right? Well, it was really weird. I've told this story a million times, so I'll keep it short. I uh, I grew up in South Florida, and when I was growing up, my dad and I we would track hurricanes. And in 1991, Andrew mowed over. It was just south of my neighborhood. And pretty much flattened the area. It looked like a demilitarized zone. Like everything was just, you know, flattened in Hialeah, Miami. 
And my dad was just like, you know, he, as a builder, he, he was just like, domes are the way. Like he, he made no bones about it because he was a commercial builder and he built skyscrapers. And so I grew up going to like where, where they would test materials to see what materials could handle hurricanes, could handle 120 plus mile per hour, two by fours and things like that. And so I saw this one documentary on 60 Minutes about this guy who built this dome on this island in North Carolina and how it survived these hurricanes. And my dad was telling me domes were awesome. And so I always had domes on the brain. And then um, I- Domes on the dome. <laughs> domes on the dome. And uh, all the architecture that I loved in in uh, capitals, like the, the US capital. And whenever I go to capital cities and states, they always had these big, beautiful domes. And I remember- in fifth grade going to the Capitol Dome and we would talk on one side of the of the congressional whatever and on the other side of the domes thing we could hear it like you could hear somebody whispering on the other side and so I got really enamored with the acoustics and what a resonant structure was and my dad was really big into resonant Uh, he I wouldn't say resonance but he was like really into um, auditory refinement. He was an audiophile. And so I just always kind of had it around me and on me and in me. And so, uh, by my mid twenties, when I was starting to consider building and, and doing these things, I got into geodesic domes, but geodesic domes had a real problem with them. Uh, especially if you're trying to build them in the tropics because geodesic domes, a lot of the jointery work doesn't work well. And so, um, yeah, and I, growing up in Florida, you go to Epcot, of course. So that was like the big thing on the brain there. And uh, yeah, yeah so yeah, Bucky, the Bucky balls. And so I, uh, I, I was looking at it and it didn't really set in because in Florida you weren't allowed to build off grid unless you hooked up to the to the power lines and stuff like that and then i ended up moving to central america but while i was down in central america um we had this crazy 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 rainy season uh mixed with a uh with an earthquake season in 2007 and i saw all these conventional homes just kind of be obsoleted be destroyed a lot of these really beautifully built homes became parallelograms and uh i didn't have a, i didn't have money to waste <laughs> and my partner and i at the time were i was just like look you know we spent all of our money on our land we're we're land rich cash poor like i can't do it i i, I can't do this conventional thing we're doing all these drawings for dome dome homes and then one of my massage clients he saw one of my dome home drawings and was like oh dude <laughs> that's exactly what i want and i was like well if you want that you have to send me to school to learn how to do it and he did and i did so i, I ended up building <laughs> i ended up building him at the time it was the largest uh it was like a 1700 square foot twin level three dome home and it had this huge outside deck that we covered and it was it was tremendous like i remember i went to cal earth university and i was showing them my drawings 
And they thought I was nuts that that was going to be my first build, but I, I just went for it and uh, it worked out really well. This is a really interesting topic because, right, Buck, Bucky, Buckminster Fuller, I feel like he was onto something that that a lot of people weren't because I, I think, right, because I'm into Pythagorean palaces and that, mm -hmm. and that idea and what that entitles. Yes. And what'd you say about Florida? You can't do what you can't build, you said, remote? The, the law in 06 before I left because I had property in North Florida. I went to go look at a bunch of different dome homes. And usually the people that build dome homes, they want to be off grid. You know, most most neighborhoods won't just allow you to build a dome home. And uh, so my, my lady and I, we traveled around. We visited all these different dome homes in North Florida. And uh, we kept hearing from the owners. They were like, no, we had to pay, you know, $60,000 to get FPNL to run power out to us. And I mm -hmm. wanted to be off grid. Like I wanted to have solar power powering um, there back then I was calling them. Um, uh, what were they called? Something capacitors, like high density capacitors, not batteries. And <clears throat> the whole thing in, in Florida, you could not do that legally. And um, I don't know if that's the law now, because the, the, mm -hmm. the laws always change in Florida very quickly. But um, it was kind of disappointing. You couldn't really do the off-grid thing in Florida all that well. You always had to be tied to the grid. Oh, those look a little off-kilter. <laughs> this is Cape Romano Dome Homes in Florida were originally built to withstand hurricane winds, and they were destroyed, apparently. Ian Sink's Florida Dome Home built to survive hurricanes. A, ho a house built from geodesic domes off the coast of Florida designed to withstand Gale force winds and powerful storm sur surges, but not sea level rise. Uh, that's and, that's a sham because the sea level didn't rise. But haven't you ever seen that the that the hurricane sucked the water out? Yes. You see, you seen that before? It sucks the water in to yeah. power itself, and then it. I don't. I don't know, man. Maybe the the waves crashing into. Who knows? Yeah, but that's not sea level rise. That 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 title is being misleading. Mm. They're trying to say, ooh, sea level rise. It, it could handle <laughs> everything, but climate change. Climate change is going to get you, which is total horseshit. Yeah. No, yeah. like you know, I was actually in uh, India in 2004 when the Bandachi uh, tsunami hit. We were, we were just next to Pondicherry that got wiped off the map from that tsunami. Ooh. And it was crazy talking to all the people that we knew that survived that in Pondicherry because they said that they said they watched the ocean go out and they saw all the animals running inland. And so they just started a bucket and this, this wall of water about 10 feet high just, just came in and just did not stop. Wow, it's amazing what Mother Nature can do, right? I mean, that, that's just like a force that cannot be reckoned with. And yeah. what is, so tell us a little bit more about the domes, because this is something that I've always looked at, right? We have the whole Tartarian movement, and there's a lot of domed buildings when it comes to that. You mentioned about the the Capitol building, and I've also heard about the Integratron. Mm -hmm. in, Integratron, is that how you say? Integratron. Integratron. Yeah, I got to get warmed up at when you first hop on a podcast, <laughs> got to get warmed up, especially with these big words. Mm -hmm. And the guy that was behind that was an interesting guy who had yeah. ties to 
Marjorie Cameron with Who's Marjorie Jack, Cameron? Jack Parsons' second wife. Uh, okay. Well, one thing I think you would get a kick out of is like uh, the star dome, which I build now. Whenever you're building a dome and you're underneath the dome as you're building it, it rewires your brain. So, All right, so the, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, 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 okay. Because this, this is where I wanted to go. This is. Can we find <laughs> any pictures other than your website of these domes? Yeah, yeah. Go to simplydifferently.org. Simply differently dot org okay and because this is where it gets interesting the idea that architecture which is something that's really ignored has an effect on your psyche your biology and everything else no it's it's completely as as what jay widener talking about uh what's his name um the alchemist that says uh falconelli that yeah Mm -hmm. so Fulcanelli's whole thing was, you know, that architecture is frozen music. Mm-hmm. So it's a frozen vibration. And I'm I'm working with Tanya Harris. She's a woman that mapped seven of the different cathedrals to find their resonant frequency within them. And the, the resonant frequency equaled the cymatic pattern of the rose window. Jeez. Okay, so they did this obviously on purpose. I mean, they were matching. It's it's totally on purpose because like I was saying, when you're building, like when you're arching and you're arcing things, like why in yoga do you have your whole body always doing some sort of arc one Mm -hmm. way or another way or another way? In nature, why does nature use nothing but curves? It's because curves are inherently so much stronger than flat planes. If you take a flat plane and you put just a three degree curve on it, now it's six times as strong. Mm -hmm. You put a double curve on it, a convex curve, now it's 13 times as strong. You don't ever see, you never see leaves that are flat. Just nature doesn't do anything that's flat. Even the whole plane of existence that we're on, you know, that's, that could be called flat from the largest perspective. Yeah, of course, from the largest perspective. (laughs) Because that's actually the middle, that's the plane of inertia. Mm-hmm. But the whole thing that's going into it is, is all the this curvature of light that's going into it. So when you're actually working on curves above you and below you and beside you, it rewires the synapses in your brain. So this all all these like you see this this Japanese mathematician, he figured out that okay, these mandalas these pentagrammal mandalas that in two dimensions, all you have to do is bow them and you have a dome. And that's how it came up. Whoa. And as soon as, as soon as I saw that, because I've been drawing mandalas because I I had lived in ashram and like I was all into meditation and all these things. And I was more the type of person where activity stilled my mind, not stillness stilling my mind. Mm-hmm. And so drawing and art, I was always in the art and my mind would just stop and I would get into a flow. And so I got into mandalas. And then when, I, as soon as I saw that on that, I read about the stardom, I was like, that solves all the Buckminster Fuller problems with having all the segments in a dome. Cause the problem that you have with all these triangles in a buckyball dome is all these little triangles all they have too much joinery 
and that joinery is static. There is no dynamic tension in it. And as soon as I saw the Japanese stardome, I was like, oh my God, this is exactly how they build bridges. Because when you build a bridge, you bend steel, you put it under tension, and then you freeze that tension in concrete. That's exactly the way these domes are done. Whoa. And I'm pulling up here some of these mosques because you, you just made me think like of all these mosques that have this DMT-like psychedelic the domes right yeah. these tops and that's exactly dude like you're, that's you're, exact you're, you're tripping balls especially when you're building them because you know most people think when they go into these places yeah they're getting a benefit they're getting a secondary benefit but the enlightenment happened to the person who is building it interesting so the actual architect doing the actual building and the build the and the builders that were in it like as you're in it doing it 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 literally reshapes all the synapses in your mind i i got i got and i'm not saying this to be pompous i got significantly more intelligent at the more and more domes i built so what happens after the fact, Topher? What what does it does it lay dormant? Like the tech so you build the dome and then you leave. Mm -hmm. Does the dome have anything else? Does it resonate at a certain frequency? Can it, it still all depends, do anything else? It after? depends on the materials, it depends on the intent that was behind it. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm building domes that are affordable for homes. <laughs> so I'm not building with huge stone. I'm not doing all these things like some of these mosques. I mean, yeah. the amount of mass. There's a, a rule of thumb that I use at when it comes to construction. And it's at the end of the day, mass rules the day. And what I mean by that is the heavier the structure is, the more of a resin, the more of a effect on its environment it will have. So there's a reason why all these mosques in these cathedrals were built with stone is because that stone is heavy. Mm -hmm. And the arches and the domes, they can handle all the weight. They displace the weight perfectly. So the weight becomes a, a non-issue. But the mass then of that building is so significant that whatever vibration it's holding, it's like it's like a baseline throughout the land. The heavier it is, it's like pushing down on the ground. And a lot of these buildings are um, piezoelectric. And, they're, and I think the older they were, the more piezoelectric they were, meaning that when a vibration hit the stone, it produced a current of electricity. Dude, cause I've talked about, like, I've, I've talked about this, but I've never actually talked to somebody else who has actually knows number one knows about it and has actually put the application to work in a real life practical manner. And when you tell people that during the Renaissance era, these architects literally were the demiurges of these buildings. And they refer to them as their homunculus. I mean, that's not that's not a conspiracy. That's an actual term that they use, homunculus, because it was a living body. It was yes. something that they were transmuting into this reality through ideas. So it exists in the ether. It's passed to the mind, which they refer to it as a fetus, 
So right. this, it's born in the mind. It's put on a on a medium, which is the paper, and then you birth the little model, right? Which is another talisman of some sort, and then the actual building itself is the the manifestation of that idea and it goes through all these processes it's it's alchemy i mean essentially is what it is it's the, the four different stages if you will and the idea that it, that it's a it's a it's magical in some sort of way if you really look at it i mean it's it's changing someone's biology it's resonating on different dimensions if you will uh, and not only that but if you use certain rocks which we know have certain properties which is why the egyptians only built certain certain structures with certain mm -hmm. granites and, and quartz, you name limestone. it. I mean, the limestone, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Each one would have their individual characteristics that yes. would resonate and they would have their own effect. So maybe this, this type of rock was better for worship, right? For right. worship, for places of worship, for mm -hmm. deity, et cetera. And then these other rocks were better for capital buildings. Right? And, others were, and others were much better for health. Like I, I studied under a Temescal maker in Mexico. And for those of you that don't know what a Temescal is, it's a it's a small little cylinder that essentially is like a sweat lodge, but it's done out of red brick. And the red How do you spell it? I believe it's T E M E Z C A L Temescal. Temescal is it's Mexican, you said? Yes. Okay, I got it here. Yeah, yeah. Temascal, yeah, sweat lodge. Yeah, the red brick sweat lodges, and so these red brick, there's a there's a real science behind it because when you heat red brick past a certain tem temperature, the red brick emits a far infrared light, and so all these people that have all these questions of like why all these cities throughout the United States in the 1850s, 60s, and 70s were raised to the ground, all those cities were the red brick cities. Like Chicago was the red brick city. Like you had all these cities that had red brick. You had all these cities that were actually had wrought iron work everywhere. And I think there was this whole technology all around the world where they're using red brick and they're using limestone both to transduce the different energy, whether it was an electrical energy, whether it was an actual uh, sound energy that was being introduced, or whether it was water flowing. Because the water flowing is all these great cities that are have these waterways. I was in this beautiful city in southern Bavaria, where it was all all the buildings were red brick, and this in the in the river just wound through the whole place. But where the river touched was every one of the industrial buildings of red brick. And I had the aha moment. I was like, in the past, they didn't have hydroelectric like we think of it where it's turning a turbine and it's you know then that's turning an alternator and then the alternator is giving you electricity they had a different technology with the water that was running under the cathedrals the water that was running by these red brick buildings even the nile that was passing the giza plateau that water creates a vibration 
that vibration then was transduced by the actual geological material that they were putting into the, these buildings. And then that geological material would then give a, a resonant project. I won't say a resonant projection because it doesn't need to be resonant. It would, it would harness that, that sound of the water, the movement of the water into an actual current that could be used for work. Whoa, dude, you're blowing my mind right now. This is crazy. I find this so fascinating because now things are starting to fall in line. That's why at the bottom of the pyramid, I mean, even Nikola Tesla knew this because he had water underneath his his tower. Yeah. And obviously there was a perversion at one point in time where brutalism was introduced. To my dad of, told me about that at Florida State University. He was... He was an architect and he went to architecture school there. And he said when they really, when they introduced Bauhaus, the whole Bauhaus architecture where everything was square, everything was just this like, you know, total, everything was a cube. Everything was the Borg essentially. And it got rid of nice eaves on homes. It got rid of like, you know, Florida was all used to be about all the tropical architecture where you'd have the nice eaves of the rain, like you could have you could have uh, windows open during the rain and all this. It was much more of a Mediterranean style, but and then you always had your homes lifted off the ground so air could come underneath, and then underneath the eaves, and you always had cupolas. Bauhaus got rid of all of that. Everything just became the Borg, and my dad was he hated it. He couldn't stand it. Like he had to go that direction because he was building skyscrapers. You know, all the skyscrapers are essentially, <laughs> you know, a, uh, a let's just say a phallus, <laughs> a square phallus in the air. So, um, yeah, that, that was an unfortunate uh, move in architecture. And he said what he really didn't like was he didn't like the furniture that went with Bauhaus because at Florida State, Whenever you were doing designing a building, you had to design the furniture that went in that building and the ball house furniture. Really? When he was when he was there in the sixties, he said it, it just drove him nuts. It, none of it was comfortable. He didn't like it. It was like Sweden, Sweden clean design, but everything was like squared off and like hard. Like nothing was cozy. So before we get, because I want to talk about the introduction of this sort of brutalism, if you will, in order to, in a sense, dehumanize or, or, or take away from the beneficial attributes of these previous buildings. Because it seems, and some people will argue, that art, art started very, where you had these sculptures, these paintings back then that were almost lifelike. It was really amazing. And now we went from that to somebody duct taping a banana to a canvas mm -hmm. and calling it art and people lose their, their minds over it. And it's like, yeah, no, that's art. Sure. I mean, I no. wouldn't consider that art, but the, uh, the fact that people will accept that as art is alarming because I mean, they're, that just shows you that they're willing to accept whatever they is thrown their way, quite literally, whatever is thrown their way as art and i don't think well, I, well I, you know the first rule of marketing right juan what's the first rule you tell people what they want 
Yeah, it's all about it's all about <laughs> manipulation. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's all about, and especially when people are easily swayed, right? They're on yeah. they're tiptoeing that line, and I mean, our phones have gotten good enough at predicting, perhaps predicting our behavior. Some people say that they're listening to us. I think it's a little bit of both. I think that they're listening in and kind of predicting our behavior, and that's why you get these targeted ads mm-hmm. on your. On, on your phone and on your social media. And I think that's what they're doing, just harvesting data. Data is a hot commodity nowadays. But before we get too far, because I want to talk about that, about why they would take away this beautiful architecture and then pervert it pretty much. Well, it's really simple, my friend. When you take inspiration away from people, they become very predictable. The problem is, is when you have these beautiful arch buildings and this stained glass, people will have a direct connection with their creator. The jurisdiction between them and their creator is immediate and known. So brutalism was brought in because the state, you know, let's just call it the state for lack of a better word, was getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and it needed to have jurisdiction. So the way you have jurisdiction is, is you always promote vices and you take away inspiration. It's the oldest playbook in the world. So you can't have cathedrals anymore. If you do, or if you do, it's only for like the select few in specific neighborhoods. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't become a city work, let's say. You, you, you denigrate and, and desecrate the natural environment so people aren't inspired just in nature. Like you do all these things so that you that the the generation after generation after generation is more dependent on Big Brother on the state. It's really that simple. It was a social engineering movement, and it it was known since the late eighteen hundreds. the The idea that they could quite literally be using our homes to suppress our own consciousness not only on on a psychological level but a biological level whatever you name it to some people excuse me would be ludicrous right like oh that, you can't do that well you're talking about how your dad they made him design the furniture that he was putting into these buildings mm-hmm. and we know that they make him read Vitruvius's books on mm-hmm. architecture when you go to architecture vitruvius talked about how certain spaces were meant for certain things certain activities now take that and you invert it you pervert it you feng shui i believe in feng shui bro where yeah. the alignment of everything is done because of these currents i mean the, these currents of energy it's a form of geomancy without and, a doubt you know what i mean like all this plays a role and people oh it's just woo woo no dude when when i'll go from from podcasting here in my studio i guess to podcasting somewhere on the road i have no problems with doing that but i'll tell you right now i'm thrown off you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying and it looks like i have a lot of garbage in my background but it's part of my feng shui it's part of the look it's it's my cabinet of curiosities right it's my micro i feel comfortable with nicholas cage staring at me man i just (laughs) who doesn't right right i'm just like hey nick cage he's he's there he's amazing yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> and this this is my my think area, and I'm already used to it. But a lot of people won't believe, and they're like, "Oh, that's just BS. It's it's not true." But 
I believe that these elites tap into this. It's a sort of technology. And you you're blow, you blew my mind with the whole, the resonance of the architect architecture and the windows would match up. We know cymatics is a real thing. Mm-hmm. Now, we know that for, if we follow Falconelli's ideology and even the Greeks, you said that it was a music frozen. Is that what mm-hmm. you call the sound frozen? Well, the Greeks looked at buildings as algorithms incarnated. Mm-hmm. Okay, there was an algorithmic mathematical thing to them that was right in, in the actual manifestation of it. And if we're if we are to believe Fulcanelli and that people were having experiences in these buildings, like supernatural experiences, epiphanies mm-hmm. that were quite literally changing and warping them. But we also have to keep in mind that it was meant for the lower peasant class that didn't understand that. So, mm-hmm. and a lot of things are clicking with me now talking to you about all this because it made sense of what in the in the Pythagorean Palace book, what he was talking about when it when he there's there's parts in that book where it's a book on architecture, but then there'll, there'll be parts in it where it reads like a like a grimoire almost so like well only the initiate knows where this occulted scaffolding in is or only the initiate knows where this these hidden spaces within these buildings are almost like what do you hint like mm-hmm. interdimensional architecture that you're able to step out like somewhere is it like an actual hidden corridor in the building but he made it seem more metaphysical and now you're you're telling me like oh I'm learning about all these different I go how many people might have been initiated in the actual arts of architecture like a sort of cuz architecture back then was looked at as a form of magic definitely so it would make sense there was secret societies that were evolved around build look at the Knights Templar I mean arguably a secret society that did what constructed the cathedrals buildings yeah, and quite apparent, literally try to transmute reality itself, like on the on the grander scale. If these buildings keep resonating, how you were saying, if they keep resonating into the surrounding areas, I mean that's that's fascinating. Yeah, and I have genetic lineage in Knights Templar, so it would make oh, sense. Your Illuminati confirmed that. <laughs> it would make sense. Illuminati like, confirmed. I I always. My wife and I always joke around because it's just like, I'm just working out the karma from, I had a grandfather who was a nuclear physicist. I had a great, great grandfather that was, uh, um, I mean, I can't confirm this. I, I tried to confirm it, but he was apparently Knights Templar. So all this, all this stuff was kind of like just downloaded through me. My dad was an architect my sister is like top 10 in the world in graphite artists. Like she's incredible. Um, so it's obviously something within the family line and I understand it very easily. I understand it much easier than a lot of things that a lot of people find very easy. Like I'm kind of a retard with like clerical stuff, but you gave me arches and flying buttresses and, you know, and like you're saying, what do you actually need to build to be able to build that? Like that type of stuff that, that gets me very excited. So we have here, we have the pentagram, right? right. The mm-hmm. five pointed star and, and which encodes phi. So this, yeah. this is, I've given lots of presentations on, on the golden ratio 
And so the pentagram it was is in a very very strong resonant structure. It's in phylotaxis. It's almost in like I think it's in over 80% of all phylotaxis, which is just how plants grow in nature. And it's because if you're to there's a very specific way you can draw a spiral with the pentagram that is shown in almost everything that grows naturally, including the human body, the way the human body grows. So this, this, the, the, the great way of saying this is that this particular dome, as soon as I saw it was like, I thought of the Vitruvian man and, you know, Mm -hmm. Leonardo da Vinci was very big about, phi and the golden ratio and the ratio of the body and what that actually does in the 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 perfect being with proportion and putting that into a curve putting that into a bubble into a double convex curve like it does do something to the consciousness like on my if you go back to my website Topher HQ there there's an inside picture of one of the bedrooms of a of a stardom and when you're in that room it changes your consciousness People, uh, do you know exactly where it's at the teepee is that the one you're talking about it was like teepee yurt Geosite, no no Geosite i said on my on Topher HQ oh. on my on my website there you go uh, you said where the techo dome? I forget under which page it is. We can search through it. So you see that where it says coral domes? You see that photo right there? If you do read more, like that's the inside of one of these domes. And okay, so it's actually on a different page. I'm sorry, I don't know my website all that well. <laughs> no, maybe, it's all it's, good. maybe it's under Tico Dome. I don't know. This is Tico Dome here. Then it's under podcast, I guess. I don't know why it'd be under there. Oh, it's not, it's not under podcast. Yeah, it's your boy. Is it under core home? Interesting. They don't want us to know where it's at. You just were on it before. You showed it earlier. I did? Yeah. Maybe it's under on... on yeah, one. you showed a really... It was the the perfect picture of it. But anyway, that when you're in that and your your mind can't make sense of it because the the mind most minds have been conditioned to see see especially if it's in a solid structure to see all these rectilinear lines like you can see behind me all these rectilinear lines everything is you know an angle of sorrow one way or another. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> when you get into something that's all curved yet it's solid to your to your being to your well-being and that's why again i i always talk about john d studying mathematics and and my thesis right like the the reason the matrix picked these these numbers and glyphs and stuff falling i think that reality itself is consists of what is referred to as there's a few different phenomenon that people experience because you're talking about certain people are able to pick up on it depending on perhaps their bloodline. Maybe this is why these these elites. I'm gonna I'm gonna give an example of the Habsburgs. They lived at the Escorial, which is another sort of Pythagorean palace that was supposedly modeled after this the Temple of Solomon. They're all buried there. They all live there. 
right? Rudolph the second lived there. And I think it's something how you're talking about. They enter these places and they live there a certain part of their life to restructure quite literally their neurons and their DNA and all these things mm -hmm. to further maybe dilute more their their lineage because i mean they, they were pretty much interbred to to hell right with deformities and everything so who knows mm -hmm. if if that is attributing to that as well mm -hmm. obviously the incest doesn't help marrying in the same bloodline doesn't help as well but this idea that because the pentagram i don't know if you follow vincent bridges work obviously he's passed away but there's obviously been a perversion of this symbol it's mm -hmm. uh, associated with witchcraft and satanism and wicca and all these different things and i think it's for a reason right because how you brought it up here and vincent bridges talks about how the pentagram and i'll pull it up here the pentagram is a sort of technology mm-hmm and I forget what he calls it, but he did a presentation on it that really blew my mind. He calls it the pen, Pentatop, and he does a whole thing on it. It's a YouTube video, but anyways, he breaks it down as mm -hmm. to this, this YouTube video. He breaks it down as to how this symbol resonates like in reality itself, and it helps the, the, the magician manifest things quicker definitely and so you're telling me that you 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 know when you first saw this you, you pretty much incorporated into the actual structure itself mm -hmm. and then the idea that these mandalas were just overlaid in domes to again transport the consciousness which that's what a mandala does mm -hmm. dude i mean that's that's crazy because think about what this is doing at the capitol building or different it, places not and without that. Without a doubt, like this, this particular way of building the dome with the penta, pentagram slash slash pentagon, you know, I, I had studied sacred geometry through a couple of people that I thought were pretty hokey. They always like gave a good sales spiel, but never came with the juice. So I'd kind of been looking at, I had been looking at sacred geometry and then I had a bunch of friends that taught me how to actually uh, divine, like water divine properties. And I could feel ley lines. I could feel dragon paths. And um, it was one of these things where it all kind of culminated in, in, in this, as soon as I saw how these stardoms were being made, I knew intuitively that that was the evolution for me. That was that was the way I was going to go, because the conical domes that I was building with the, with the super adobe, they were cool, but they weren't really appropriate for the tropics. And that this was like something where I could build much larger, and I could do it much quicker for a lot less cost, and I could have so many more windows. I could do so much more with it. And it's just because the structure is is essentially perfect, and for me it was it was a no brainer, like literally, like. And then when when I built my first one, I built it out of split bamboo, <laughs> and I I I built a split bamboo one to put on top of my earthen dome on my property as a as a, like a roof as a protection, and 
it was amazing. Like the, it took us a few days to build it and put it in place and do all the ferro cement. And whereas the actual dome that was underneath it took like a month. And I was like, this is a no brainer. This is the way, this is the future for me. And you, you touched on a topic that I've talked about as well, because if you take into consideration, so the architecture itself as a talisman, right? It's magical. It's resonating at certain frequencies. We have the Knights Templar building these cathedrals to quite literally transmute the world itself, mm -hmm. right? Uh, not only that, but to hold secrets too, to last a very long time. Mm -hmm. A lot of these cathedrals were attributed to the miracles that were happening. The actual architecture was the cause of the miracles within it. Not, mm -hmm. not the power of God, but the actual architecture, the way it was built, was, they were saying that, that attributed to the miracles. You take this technology and then how you're saying you, you touch on ley lines, dragon lines, telluric currents. You build these places on those lines. And I mean... What a more powerful technology than that. You're using mm -hmm. the Earth's naturally occurring magnetic field or whatever it may be, tapping into these nodes, and then you're building this crazy... And I have here Saddam Hussein's palace pulled up because this was built on the 33rd <laughs> parallel. But awesome. I'm going to tell I mean, it look, kind of looks like a star fort. Is that why they would build these these places like star forts to resonate with that because this is on the 33rd parallel now i mean we know what happens along the 33rd parallel kind of looks like a ziggurat too if you look it at it it does so yeah man i mean i think the elites use this technology and i talk about it all the time but i didn't really know how else to put it and you've you've opened up new frontiers for me when i go to talk about this because again this is what the pythagorean palace concept is not only that i mean don't even think about it in the sense of the there's the dome right there don't even mm -hmm. think about in the sense of just the architecture no 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 extrapolated out cities entire yes. cities can be built to certain frequent to to house certain frequencies so the idea that they could suppress you by just the city that you live you think washington dc is laid out the way it is uh, just because it's a huge no. pentagram too <laughs> Really? Yeah, yeah. I've the I I've seen uh I've watched this documentary, it's like fifty parts. It used to be on YouTube, it was called Hidden in Plain Sight, I I've think seen was it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there it is. The roads in Washington, DC. Okay, so we have the White House up here, we have something else back here. But you see when I see stuff like this, bro, you could easily make that work. Oh, I mean oh I guess you got the circles here. Never mind. No, that's that's serious power right there because when when cars are driving over a road, there are certain roads if you've seen that that are built differently, they use segmented concrete and so mm -hmm. the they're transducing the waves of all the cars going over them. And back to that idea that you were talking charging these lines yeah. pretty much charging yeah, these roads. If you imagine the each tire, there's four tires per car and they're always going over, going over. That's a current of electricity. And so Dude. even even if they're not, say, you know, storing it in a battery bank or putting it in the grid, each one of those monuments at the tip of each one of those uh, you know, triangles. 
especially I bet you they'll do a circuit where they'll do it where they actually will. It's just like when we have to lay the steel on the dome, you actually have to do it in order. So they would drive from like the Capitol building down to the left and then up and to the right and then from the right over to the left and the left down to the right and then the right back to the center. And if they did it, that energetic pattern like that and had had caravans doing that, that would charge the sigil that that is Washington, D.C. All right. So and this would this would also account for how and why you have people like Henry Ford building these cars and all these different things. There's a reason why we haven't adopted newer technology and we're still stuck on the same technology <laughs> that we've been using for the last hundred years or whatever it is, because it serves the purpose of this more metaphysical purpose. Now, some people may say like, Oh, that's, that's, that's BS. What, it, what if these EV cars are actually worse for the environment than the regular gas-powered engine. Oh, cars. they totally are. You know, it, you know it, what I mean. It, it, but you say hilarious. that, and you're a conspiracy theorist. You're... No, no. All you have to do to anybody that's uneducated in this regard is you hold up one gallon of gasoline, and you hold up this gallon of gasoline, and you go, "You do you understand what this is equivalent to in kilowatts?" Because everything with with these cars are about batteries, mm-hmm. and so they're like. You know, my car has 18, you know, KV and blah, blah, blah. You go, this one gallon of gasoline is 4.7 KV. Mm. One gallon of gasoline. End of story. Yeah. The average car carries, what, 15 gallons of those? So your biggest Tesla battery is what? How, ma- how many watts can the biggest Tesla battery hold? Let's check here. So Tesla battery wattage. Let's see. Let's just get an idea. So 85 kilowatts to 100 kilowatts. So giving a total storage capacity. So from 85 to 100. Yeah. So it's right there at 20 gallons of gasoline. But not, but not that. I mean, not just that, but the amount of gasoline that it takes to create this battery that goes in this car. Precisely, and most of it's conflict metal. They exactly. they pulled this out right after, pretty much right after Avatar, because in Avatar they they pre-suggested <laughs> all this stuff. They're like, yeah, you know, conflict metals. Oh, that shit down in Argentina. That was some thick bush, you know. The or yeah, no, they said Venezuela. They said that was some thick bush down in Venezuela. This is all an allusion to what they actually do. They create a market. You tell people what you, what they want. You say, hey, you want a Tesla. Tesla has never turned a profit. If it wasn't subsidized by the U.S. government, it would have never turned a profit. Yeah. You got like saved people- real, real big. But, I mean, these are these are puppets that are put in these positions. That's why I laugh at people who they talk Oh, Elon Musk is the good Iran. guy. Trump is the good guy. I'm like, Iran. bro, they don't they don't care about you, dude. No, they, don't, no. they don't even know who you are and you're here defending them like what are you doing? You know what I yeah. mean? Like this, this I laugh at those people in the community who defend these elitist puppets. Cuz I was there too, man. I mean, I thought Elon was one of the good guys too. Like I But then when you start to realize like how William Shakespeare said, the world is a stage. Mm-hmm. And every man and woman has their entrances and exits, right? I mean, 
you're put here you you you're not part of the people in the production of it you're just one of the actors and it brings me to my next thing where i don't know if you've read seshari's the handprint of atlas book but yep. he talks about how here the universe so the alchemical principle used in memory theater was correspondence a thing evokes that that it resembles and memory theater the various symbols are carefully chosen on the basis of similarity of the thing to be evoked i mean that's chaos magic right there you assign a value to something when you need it how you need it and it's going to correspond with that symbol right and in ceremonial magic when they use certain daggers and instruments it's because it's resonating with a certain element the wind yeah. dagger or fire dagger or whatever it is so it's all about correspondence and so rather the building or the structure is specifically designed to naturally evoke a specific form through stimulating the per percipients unconscious recognition of archetypes so I, I mean they use this again back to the cathedrals the symbols used in such structures are derived from the ancient Atlant he talks about the atlanteans but atlantean systems of symbology that identify the patterns of archetype correspondence so yada 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 so the universality of archetypical experience is the essential function of a memory theater as a talisman a physical object charged with magical power and consecrated to a specific purpose Mm -hmm. However, each person experiences the evoke archetypes in a individualized form, an individualized perception. And this is, again, phenomenology. You experience things the way that you're meant to experience it. We all interact differently. It's all alchemy. It's going to be different for everybody. But the thing that he talks about here, as these individualized perceptions are witnessed by various percipients, per they are imprinted on the talisman as a part of its history in space and time, thereby storing or charging the talisman with the thoughts and emotions of those who perceive it. So think about when they do something on the media and they're making you focus on it and they're making you, oh, look at the balloon. Everybody look at the balloon. And then they pop it and they're like, oh, cool. Everybody cheers. No, that was the ritual, you idiot. Mm -hmm. The blowing up of the Georgia Guidestones, all those ears that they caught your attention, then they blow them up. Right. And there, there it is sealed in space and in space and time. But the one thing that really blew my mind in this entire. So here we go. All right, here we go. Over times, the comings and going, we're talking about Washington, D.C. and the riding around over time, the comings and goings of, of the mass of humanity through the memory theaters intensify the energy of the lays people psychically charged lines by traveling along them and yes. looking at the structures sighted upon them everybody goes oh it's horrible to own a car in new york but yet people still own cars in new york monuments ancient and modern were always built specifically as tourist attractions or pilgrimage destinations when the traveler was consciously aware of the spiritual aspect of the journey Pilgrims, routes, scenic drives, history walks, etc., have always been de designed as memory theaters and are meant to direct the traveler through an alchemical process of transformation and psychic charging. The seven wonders of the ancient world were designed as a memory theater by initiates to perpetuate the arcana of the Atlantean mysteries, the secular monuments of America, i.e., the Statue of Liberty, the Washington Memorial, the Bunker Hill Memorial, Mount Rushmore, Stone Mountain, et cetera, et cetera, were designed to be modern wonders that would process the masses 
of our present era through a vast memory theater. Therefore, the lay system is not a forgotten artifact in ruins, but a living system that still exists today and that continues to be used, modified, and expanded. So think about that. It's a, mm -hmm. it's a literally a global initiation that they're using the roads and all these things. That maybe that's why they don't want you to live off-grid. Because right. then you're not contributing to this exact ideology Precisely. and these exact things. And people go, oh, well, I don't believe in that because I believe in my insert your own religion here. Well, your religion is one of the first people to implement these exact exactly ideas with right. the way that your church is built. You think your church is built that way just because? No, it's not. It's meant mm. to, again, capture some of that essence. Definitely. I noticed it too because I played pretty high level football in all the stadiums I was in. It became very obvious after I was done with my career and looking back at it in retrograde in retrospect that these stadiums are massive, massive harnessers of emotion. Like just the shape of them. Most of them look like, you know, a turtle shell. Most of them have this, this circular you know, oval shape. And from the sky, they, most of them look like an eye. <laughs> and then I saw, I was, I was listening to the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, Jerry Jones, describe when they're building their new stadium in Fort Worth, like seven, eight years ago before they opened it. And they, they, he said like verbatim, he was like, I want this to, to evoke the emotion that was in the Can you see me? Yeah. <laughs> that, that happens a lot with me whenever I hit some juice. So the, and what he showed in the architecture was that the whole stadium was built on these two massive one kilometer long arches. And the roof would, I think the roof on that one slides. I, f I forget whether or not it slides, but the amount of energy at the time, it was the most expensive stadium ever built. I think it was like a billion dollars. Which one was it? Uh, the one that the Dallas Cowboys play in, in Arlington, Texas. Dallas, Arlington, Texas. Yeah, they're, they're, they're domes too. I mean, they, these, these, and the su Superb Owl, the Super Bowl. Yeah, man, the Superb Owl. The Cowboy Wait, Stadium, the AT&T Stadium? Yeah. Wink, wink, nod, nod. There you go. The Lone Star State, right? Is this the one? Uh, that's, it's, it's the upper one. I don't know. These aren't, yeah, that's it. Cause it has the huge arches. Look at that thing. Like you telling me that that's not going to harness. That looks like a fucking spaceship from Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. And if you look at this, this looks like a football. And if you think of like ball consciousness that Michael Warren yeah. talks about, and how the ball itself, I mean, it could be also another emulation of this, another simulacra of Yeah, because the this football idea. is a Vesica Pisces spun on its mm -hmm. Z-axis. Yeah. Which we know what that is. That's right. It's a very masculine sport to be playing with the feminine aspect, right? Right. Uh, the, 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 uh, the yoni, the vagina. <laughs> the yoni pigskin. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, bro. I mean, it all makes sense. And these are the things that really, right, you lose people in the sauce when you start talking about these sort of things because it's, it's... We're like, not going to lose your your. No, not people, my people, though. but I've had people reach out and they're like, I just can't, you know, keep up. It's too much. And I go, well, I mean, that, that's fine, right? But I think that 
Because who would think to 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 think about something like this when they're looking at this architecture? Who who would be like, oh, this is a cult in nature, right? Not 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 the regular person, but for you and I, we can see what's going on here. We can see be, we can read between the lines, and anybody who listens to this podcast can read between the lines that it's always done on purpose. Is this is this along the thirty third parallel? You tell me. I don't know. Let me check here. Hold on. Let me see. So. Arlington, Texas. Dome. It's gonna be close. It's gotta be close. Let's see here. Address. It's probably gonna be close because I mean the 33rd parallel. So it's the AT&T Stadium. It's on the 32nd parallel. Oh, That's so close though, dude. Oh. 3244. They call it, look at they call it the Death Star, the Palace in Dallas, the Cowboys Cathedral. Look at that. There you go. Jerry there it is. World. Bro, what in the world? It is a cathedral because when you're in it, the oh, I watched the whole documentary of the architects, what they were doing with it, and the way the light comes in, the players. Who's Jerry? Hate, Jer- oh, Jerry, 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 Jerry Jones is the owner. Lizard person, 100. <laughs> percent Yeah, he uh, they designed it so like the light comes in in the afternoon like a cathedral. It's <sighs> to the west. And none of the players like it. The players are just like, oh, my God, the, the light blinds us during, you know, half the game. But they did it anyway because it was, yeah, $1.15 billion. <laughs> From six, bro, would you fire that guy from six fifty to $1.1 billion? Oh, so many contractors do that. The contractor <laughs> will go, they'll, they'll tell you whatever price you want to hear, and then the, it ends up being whatever it is. The city of Arlington provided over three uh, three hundred and twenty-five million, including interest and bonds, as funding, and Jones covered any costs over. And he, he, you know, he footed the rest of the bill. Also, the NFL. What does this guy even do? He's a philanthropist. Oh, that's that's witchcraft right there, philanthropy. <laughs> <laughs> wow, he's old, nineteen forty-two. Yeah, JJ JWJ. Okay, Gerald Wayne Jones. American billionaire businessman who has been the owner of the president general Dallas Cowboys. Interesting. This guy's 80 years old and okay. Definitely shady, shady, shady character. Is this the one you were, were you watching it on HBO? The documentary that you were talking about? Uh, you know, I don't remember. It was so long ago. Probably. Dude, this is so trippy. So they literally call it the cathedral. That's a, that's really amazing. Like, look at that thing. Talk about energy harvesting. Yeah. Even these 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 teams have sigils. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, their their logos are sigils. AT and T. I mean, that that's mm-hmm. screams lizard people. One of the biggest. <laughs> they do these ceremonies along in, inside this. I mean, they're yeah. charging it every single time. And then you worship the sun, right? When they open up the mm-hmm. <laughs> the top of it. That's a great way of saying it. it. It all goes back to the right to sun worship in some some way or form. You have the lone star in this the right the, the five pointed star, bro. There there it is. <laughs> right in the center, the five pointed star. And we just got done talking about how the five pointed star literally is a a technology to be able to manifest things quicker and i'll send you that presentation that vincent bridges does bro because it's really fascinating the way he breaks it down because i do think that with these ancient civilizations and i mean ancient 
it's subjective, but these they were using technology. They were using technology that we use today, and we just named it something else. And it's like how mm -hmm. Manling P. Hall talks about the the alchemist of old has replaced this cave for four walls and like a lab coat. Mm -hmm. right? Trust the seance, trust the science, all these different right. things that we've that I we've love heard. that saying of yours. Yeah, uh, that's that's actually from Cheney. I took that from Cheney. So shout out to Project Cheney. She's shout awesome. out Cheney. Hope you're feeling better. Yeah, hope you're feeling good. Shout out to you, Chaney. Yeah, I'm gonna have her on again soon. So, but yeah, man, this is really this is really interesting stuff. I, I love talking about this, and I don't get to talk about architecture a lot because people get lost in the sauce when it comes to ta the Tartarian movement because they're like, oh, they're trying to suppress history, and I go, dude, yeah, okay, that's fine, but what were these buildings used for? <laughs> like, what yeah. was the like the actual? use of it and then when you start to get magical with it you kind of like lose them because it can't ever be magical it has to be something you can scientifically explain mm -hmm. with with meat and bones but yeah i mean th these architects back then were magicians they were div divinating they were trying to see if a hundred years from now the foundation that they put down for this building or cathedral or whatever would hold up so they mm -hmm. were looking into the future which was prohibited by them. You can't divinate. I mean, you can't do that with the, according to the church. But again, the church were building to the exoteric church. You know, you had to, the ex yeah. you, had, you had the exoteric church, which was for the slaves, for the public, and then you had the the inner the inner sanctum that used everything that that was on the table. What was the I'm trying to think of the cathedral that? Check this out. I mean, look at that. How beautiful. And I know that skyscrapers nowadays are way bigger. But when you look at this architecture, bro, like how bananas is that, dude? Look at, And then the bells that they had in them. Look at that. I mean, that's kind of like a dome there, right? Yeah. that That's called a vault. A vault? Mm-hmm. Yeah, an extended yeah. arch form is a vault. I mean, that looks like a freaking portal, bro. That is a portal. That there's so much power in that, and so there, there, more than likely underneath that building, there is a waterway. Yes. You know, every cathedral I went to in Europe, and I only went to like six of them, they all had waterways either near them or under them. So a flying buttress. What is that? A flying buttress is where you have a wall support. So you have mm. an you have like so because of the weight of the building of its masonry, mm -hmm. you need to have a, a a lateral wall support that goes out to the sides. And when they would put arches in those lateral supports, they were called a flying buttress because they were essentially hollow. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, come on, dude. The yeah. the amount of power that that could harness, especially when the organs were playing. And, and but, if you think of that, right, like the organ, right? Think about that organ. You have the organ inside the cathedral. Mm -hmm. I mean, they literally, uh, I've seen pictures on the, in the Pythagorean Palace book, there's pictures of the, they, they believe that Colossus were, you know, they would overlay like a huge man on the inside of these things. And that's how they were designed. And the way it's laid out, it's laid out in the ratios of a man laid down, right, on, on the cross. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. So again, on the hypercube, on the hypercube, exactly. They use the hypercube. So do you think that the, do you believe that there's still people, for example, this building here that are, that know about the, the esoteric occulted aspects of this building and they're able to tap into, or do you buy the whole Tartaria thing where they've, they've, taken some of the antiquitech down at the top of these spires or whatever because a lot of these cathedrals aren't even done i i look at it as both you know it all depends the, the people at the top of the uh, of the food pyramid let's say there are dentist snakes that eat each other and so it's not like you have one unified you know, thing in James Bond, what do they call it? Hydra and Hydra mm-hmm. has this one unified view. <laughs> the Illuminati. Like you do have factions that don't like each other. You have psychopaths that run multi-trillion dollar organizations that, you know, they kind of take each other out all the time. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's the reason why a lot of us are still around, but Everything can be known. I'm not one of these people that thinks like, oh my God, it's all lost. I actually think the exact opposite. Mm, mm -hmm. Because all the smartest people I've ever met in my life, they don't just come out and tell you what they know. In fact, (laughs) now that that I'm turning into a crotchety old man, like I don't just give my knowledge to people willy-nilly. Like they, they need to one, pay me for my services, but two, also it's like, are you worthy to even hear what I'm talking about? And I'm not saying that in a conceited way. It's just like, you don't cast pearls before swine because the, the majority of people that like, how should I can phrase it better? The best way of saying it is in this realm that we live in. It's as the Bible says, if you ask, you shall receive. So people that are very earnest, people that really want to know, it will be, it will be given to you. It will be shown. It will literally, God is always here, 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 here. Mm -hmm. But the truth of the matter is most people are full of shit. They don't want to know. They want to be comfortable, especially the, especially where I've been in the world. And I haven't been on every continent, but I've been on a few. Most people, their daily, like what's like going on in their daily mind isn't, I want to know the truth. What's going on is it, it <laughs> they're legalistic. They're going, how can I save my ass? And number two, how can I be comfortable? And that isn't the type of consciousness that brings you higher order things. You need to have a certain level of consciousness and a certain level of determination and a certain level of focus. And then at the end of the day, have a certain level of ability. And then the Venn diagram of your life will produce something beautiful. But it, most people, they, they talk a good game. They're like, yeah, I want to know the truth. But then they hear something a little bit uncomfortable and it doesn't match their worldview. And then they're <laughs> out. They're out. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've literally had people that I'm, they've known me for years and I'll start telling them something. They're like, uh, I can't, I can't go there. I've had people literally just glitch out. What do you mean? Trump is the new, the real Messiah. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> or the opposite. No, Trump's not the real Messiah. No, that can't be. Cause uh, QAnon, uh, they freaking they glitch out. <laughs> they really glitch. 
And it's because a lot of people are in trained, you know, a lot of the new digital technology and trains people. Mm-hmm. So I have compassion for them. So it's just one of those things. I, in my subjective experience in this realm is that if I'm earnest about something, God has always provided. There's never been a moment that I haven't been provided for. If I'm not earnest, if I, if I, if it's just like this waning little, or this, just this little, like, you know, ooh, tickle, eh, I get, I get a tickle's worth. Mm-hmm. But like, if I really want it, if I really, if I really am like, this has to happen. It happens. Yeah. I've always been one, you know, asking you shall receive and right. I mean, the rest falls into place. And man, I agree with you. Absolutely. I think that people, they, they shy as, as soon as they hear something or see something that's against their, their paradigm and that, that they don't want shifted, they'll just go ahead and just peace out. And I think that that's, that's also a problem in the community too. Like you can't, we can't all come together. We're fighting over the nitty gritty aspects of it all. Right. Point is that there's some fuckeries afoot. We gotta, we gotta get down to the bottom of it, but then you're going to have people who are going to get lost in the sauce with the little intricate details. And yeah, that, that's why for me, I've never done any of the podcasting stuff or any of the media stuff with your mic down over. I've never done any of the media stuff with the intention mm-hmm. of building an audience. Mm. I've done the media stuff with the intention to learn from people. Cause like, I respect you, you, you know, stuff about manly P hall and you're talking to paranoid American about all this really cool stuff. And like, I learn when I listen to you mm-hmm. and you'll notice in life, there are people that always have a learning mindset. You'll notice the most intelligent people, they're listening. They're not talking. Yeah. And so and that, that's a problem I have though, uh, Topher though, that, that, <laughs> that I always, that I always, and my wife always busts my balls about it because I, she talks about how I can never unplug. And I feel like if I'm not learning something, and that's the beautiful thing about podcasts, right? Where you listen to some or an audiobook or something. You're always- and I, re- I recently picked up audiobooks and, and I had to kind of I'm still on the fence about it because the problem is taking notes, right? If you're reading a certain material that you need to to do a presentation on, taking notes, like what are you gonna do if it's just an audio? Like I take a whole bunch of screenshots and you have a shitload of screenshots that you have to go through, right? Like all these different mm-hmm. things. But recently I've done that, and that's why I loved podcasting since the very beginning, because I was like, damn, this is crazy. I can turn on knowledge and then just listen to it while I'm doing other stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that to me was wild. And like now I'm addicted because I need to always be constantly consume or I feel like I constantly need to be consuming something, some sort of either knowledge related to the topic that I'm researching that week or that month or whatever it is constantly like always right so i'll get i'll get lost in the sauce when it comes to that and i think i'm too wanting the knowledge it's like the faustian pact like john d is like i learned everything in this realm i need to tap into the next (laughs) realm it's like bro what are you talking about you know what i mean like there's literally you could spend it's like me and paranoid american always talk back and forth like dude we have so many books that we're never gonna read i mean i i do pdfs i have over 250 pdfs on books and I'm, I'm, I'm going to die before I could ever read all of them. Right. 
Well, I are mean, you going to put anything into practice? Like, are you going to like any of the things that you're interested in? Like the Manly P. Hall stuff. Like, I don't really know what he, what his whole shtick was. But like, are you going to put some of these teachings into practice? I think I do. I, I do Vitruvi. Like, for example, this is this is the only occultic thing that I really do. I take the these ratios and these numbers and I'll put it into my work. So Vitruvi has talked about how like mm -hmm. any reasonable treaty is 216 pages long. The Pythagorean Palace book is 216 pages long because J.L. Hersey, he knew about this sort of stuff, right? And so, you know, I'll, when I write my little journal or something or the price on my comic book is three, $3.33, right? It's got a certain <laughs> amount of pages. There's so, like there's stuff embedded into it. The font on the front of my Occultist Monday is 33 font. Uh, my my the width of my columns is 2.16 like 216 mm -hmm. like all like i'll do that in my work and that's as far as i implement it but i mean am i gonna make a homunculus probably not <laughs> you know, like, not, i don't think i'm gonna take it that far and i was actually gonna ask you and the house that you're in right now do you live in a dome i'm building one i'm actually building a something very similar to what uh are you familiar with wilhelm reich I've heard the name, but not off the top of my Wilhelm Reich. It sounds familiar. Let me see. Wilhelm Reich. He was a scientist in the early uh, 20th century. He was a contemporary with Sigmund like, Freud. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah, he kind of broke off from Sigmund Freud because he saw. Mm -hmm. He said Sigmund Freud only studied uh, ailments, mm -hmm. and uh, Wilhelm Reich was like, "Well, you need to study healthy people too." Yeah. <laughs> so, so Wilhelm Reich, he went ahead and studied healthy people and he saw that healthy people were very vital. They usually had wonderful sexual lives and they were essentially fully embodied people where a lot of uh, what Freud was getting into was the disembodied sick person. You want to fuck uh, his mom too. Exactly. <laughs> And so uh, Wilhelm Reich had all these technologies. He was, uh, have you ever heard of the Rife technology where you would be hit with a, a very specific spectrum of, of light to heal your ailments? Whoa. Uh, I've never heard of it, but I'm sure it's a thing. I mean, it's like yeah, you were talking it, about the red light therapy. I've done that yeah. before. So Royal Raymond Reif, he he came up with this whole science of, I guess you would call it biophotonics. And he was also a contemporary of Wilhelm Reich. And Wilhelm Reich used some of Reich's optics in being able to see tissues, healthy tissues with, with these optics. And he was able to see that there was this, this sort of glow that occurred around very healthy tissues. And then he extrapolated in very healthy areas. Like we're talking about these cathedrals being built on springs or wells or whatever. You go to these certain areas and the, the vitality of the area was greater. So he coined the term vitality, called it orgone. And he said, Oh, or yes. I just covered this guy actually with Chat of the Dead. Yeah. So orgone is essentially quality inducing, vitality inducing energy um i just did a podcast with isabel friend 
And we're both of the mind that actually the, the, the technical aspect of orgone is light hydrogen. That's what it is. But he gets super sexual with it, right? That's the problem. That it's like super sexual. Well, it comes from the word orgasm, right? So yeah. orgone, orgasm. So. <laughs> he thought that orgasms could like save humanity. I think that was one of the. Well, I the... think that's a lot of his. Uh, a lot of his detractors put that put that spin mm. on him. I knew people that lived in one of his communities, two of his communities in Maine, and said that there was nothing ever sexual about it. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like the whole, um, well, I won't say the whole movement, but you know how people get into ecstatic dance? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ecstatic dance started with Wil the the Reichians, the Wilhelm Reich people. Really? And this is the guy that built that gun to shoot it at UFOs, right? Right. Well, yeah. that was he actually <laughs> did it with a cloud buster. So yeah. he, he made this thing and he saw, because back, even back then there was weather modification mm -hmm. so he built this machine to essentially get rid of smog around him and he noticed one day there was and this is so cool because this gets back to the whole cathedral and the water running thing the way he would power his his cloud buster was he had a conductor that would be in a local stream and one day the stream was running there the stream was like had more water running through it for whatever reason and he noticed that the sky really opened up with the more current behind him. And then he noticed that there were quote unquote UFOs in the sky. So then he pointed it at the UFO. And then from his vantage point, the UFO fell out of the sky. So who even knows what UFOs are? A UFO could be yeah. plasma. It could be whatever. Mm -hmm. And so... He went and he like went to the authorities because he was scared. <laughs> he was like, hey, there's these things in the sky. I just shot one down and they like, you know, tried to do the whole crazy thing on him and said, you're uh, you're Looney Tunes and then stole all of his technology. Yeah. But a, lo a lot of us like you're friends with Lindsay Sharman, right? She no. makes you're not mm -mm. Of, of Rogue Ways. Oh, OK. No. Well, anyway, do, there's tons of people that make organite. Some some people make it better than others. Some of us make cloud busters. My new home is essentially going to be a massive cloud buster. So you're going to shoot UFOs, bro? Uh, no, but <laughs> I want I want blue skies. Yeah. So, okay, back again to this geomancy. So, literally, quite literally, influencing your weather around you according to the architecture. Right. According to the way that it's, yes, I, I got donut calling me right now. <laughs> awesome. So yeah, dude, this is, this has been really fascinating. I, I want to have you back on to talk about that thing that you told me about or that I heard you on, on Emily Moyer's show talk about, about interacting with these entities or these local spirits. And then I want to talk to you also about the the plant medicine and the plant mm -hmm. theurgy of how some of these cultures, their actual <laughs> religion was the plant or whatever yeah. it is. And I might do some mushrooms this weekend. So I think it'll be fun, but yeah, dude, yeah. I mean, do you, do you want to plug anything else before we get out of here? This has been really interesting, man. Uh, I loved having you on and I really want to you know, have you on back again to talk about the at, other at, more. At some time stuff. you and I have to get into the, the Twyman gnosis. That's that's a that's a very shaky one because the the walls have eyes and ears apparently, and 
you'll get harassed if you even mention her name at all. Like it's, it's, yeah. it's bizarre. Yeah. She hit it. She and I were friends. Oh, you, you knew her personally? Yeah. Because I'm buddies with SB. Shout out to SB Alger. And he's a great guy. And I also talk to Alex every now and again. And yeah, that, that was obviously, for those that know, that's a very shady type of rabbit hole that you can, that was one of the first rabbit holes I entered when I started to get into esotericism and, you know, researching heavily the occult and stuff like that. So well, the yeah, beauty we can definitely of, talk about that. The beauty of her work, just on the very, like, if you just look at her book on money and the, and mm -hmm. what, how money is in fractional reserve banking and the whole magic behind the, mm -hmm. the fractional reserve banking game. If people have any doubt that they live in a very, very esoteric, magically induced world. Look at your money. Just look at your money. Mm -hmm. Like literally. Pack with sigils, yeah. And if you don't, if, if you can't even make that leap, then this, this podcast isn't for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, but the people who are here, they, they know, they know what is up. They know how it is. And even the people on YouTube too, they know what's up. They're a little weird, but they know what's up. <laughs> so yeah. yeah and, and, and think about again, that law of correspondence, mm -hmm. what that money represents and what it's resonating at that. We know we, we just finished talking about architecture and how architecture keeps resonating it does you know even after it's built that's 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 my yeah i just taught me. i just taught a super adobe workshop this last weekend and the whole thing was is it's rammed earth construction and so you actually ram the earth until it rings like a bell so i had 16 different people feel what that felt like to where like okay now the earth is at a certain density now it actually rings like a bell wait wait so the structure like when you're what, what do you have to keep nailing like the so it's rammed earth so have you ever seen rammed earth no rammed like rammed earth yeah yeah so super adobe is flexible form rammed earth construction so you fill your form up with earth and then you ram it from the top down oh okay i got you like forms and stuff yeah okay i got it here but as you're ramming it you have to get it to a certain density and once you get to the perfect density it makes a very specific sound. It actually rings. Whoa. Yeah. Well, they don't build houses like this anymore. So make ar make architecture great again, MAGA. <laughs> make alchemy great again, MAGA. <laughs> That's what we need. We need to resonate with our buildings and our homes. And homes have to be homes again. And I've said it before that these cubes that they're putting us in are suppressing our consciousness. But it's okay because the people listening to the Juan Juan podcast are elevating their consciousness with me and Topher today. Bro, you killed it. This is awesome. You want to plug sure. stuff again? I got your website so here. So check me out at TopherHQ.com. That's the clearinghouse for everything. I'm... Uh, bio charisma uh, on all like the podcast players um i'm on BitChute if you want to see the video i'm on ladle tv um god what else you know all the things and um oh we have a really good telegram chat our telegram chat we have about 300 pretty avid uh chatters on there that's bio charisma podcast chat and uh yeah check us out and also, like, if you're interested in the construction stuff and all, like I said, all the hybrid structures that I do uh, on Instagram, I have 
all the different things from rainwater catchment to rocket mass heaters to domes to to doing uh, sculpted statue work to biochar all of it yeah people follow him i just followed you on instagram sure to hit him up and i'll join the telegram too yeah dude you killed it had a lot of fun today and as always everyone make sure to follow me on social media at the 101 podcast um any major podcast platform, any major social media platform, tjojp.com. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to hit that like, comment, subscribe, everything. You know how it is. And send me your links, Topher, so I can post them in the link. Okay. In the link section and people can go show some love. Appreciate everybody. And as always, see you on the other side. Bye-bye now.